Welcome to the 7 Daily Choices Podcast, a podcast designed to empower you to transform your relationships, optimize your leadership, and ignite your world. My name is Dow Tippett, and I want to help you create, build, and sustain a thriving life with others. So here we are, we're in episode three, and today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how to build a thriving life. So there are two choices we make that build a thriving life with others. And so we're going to talk about those. We're going to talk about frameworks around those and things you can do, some specific things you can begin doing today in order to begin to build those. Okay. The first thing we're going to talk about, and let me say this, is that these two choices go hand in hand. You have to bring them up and down together. They rise and fall at the same level. That's why we talk about them building a thriving life is because without these two choices, you will not have a thriving life with other people. And the more you have of each of them, the other one is directly affected. Okay, so here are the two choices, safety and honesty. Once again, safety and honesty. So the more safety we create, the more honest we can be. The more honest we are, the more safety we create. So we want to be safe people and we want to create safety in our spaces. We want to choose to bring safety to the world. And there are different ways that we can do this, different ways we can bring safety to the world. Okay, At 7 Daily Choices, we talk about uh, remembering A E I O N U. A E I O N U is how we get safe with each other. So let's talk about that. So, first of all, A, we need to appreciate differences. Appreciate differences. You and I are not the same. Praise God. And we talked about the fact yesterday or in episode one, we talked about the reality that. Um, we are going to be different, that our personalities are different, that our pasts are different, that we bring different things to the table. And because of that, we need to appreciate what is different. We also not just need to be aware of it, but we need to appreciate the good things that are different. My wife is an excellent administrator. Uh, she was born a born secretary. Okay, she loves to keep things orderly. She loves to take care of other people's stuff. She's great in a crisis. All those things. Me, I'm a mess. I am a disorganized mess. So listen, I appreciate that difference. But sometimes we have conflict over that difference because my wife always sees the next thing that has to get done, and I'm constantly trying to to get her to relax. On the other hand, when things need to get done, she's great at coming up with a list and making sure that there is a plan for getting things done. And she is great at that. So together, our differences make us stronger. Uh, In your home, guys and girls, we are different. If you haven't uh, had a chance, I'm going to give this link in the show notes. I want to encourage you, go and watch The Tale of Two Brains uh, for a good laugh and a great understanding of how our brains work differently uh, as men and women. Understanding that going into any marriage conflict will allow us to do a better job of navigating that conflict together. The fact is that 
we are all different and it's good okay we are different and it's good and we should be different and we should want to be different and we should appreciate that in each other so a appreciate differences e we need to encourage strengths everybody has weaknesses and we are very good at seeing them but what we need to do is spend more of our time encouraging strengths looking for what is good in other people looking for what they do well don't just don't just uh accept it when you bring them in on a job see what they can do well but every time they do something that is just in their wheelhouse and it's obvious it's in their wheelhouse point it out remind them how great that is then i when we have conflict we want to use i language in other words i want to talk about what i'm struggling with what my problem is here's what that does it keeps me away from contempt when i'm busy as jesus says trying to take the log out of my own eye rather than trying to get the speck out of yours it keeps me away from contempt in marriage contempt is one of the greatest signs that people are headed for divorce when they begin to show contempt for one another and so anytime we see people showing contempt for their mate for another person we need to call them out and say that is not okay you need to focus on who you are and what you're doing to make things better contempt is not okay when we treat other people with contempt we lower their value and that is not okay. God gives them value and we need to give them the same value he does. So we need to use I language. We need to focus on what's going on in us and making ourselves the best we can be rather than trying to figure out how we can improve other people or what we can do to bring them down. Then number four, O, we want to open our stance. And this comes from martial arts. In the martial arts, we have a, a training we do uh, called the parry block, and that your hand stays right in the center of your body. And as a strike comes in, you just step out of the way. You open your stance. And when you do that, what happens is you actually take more ability to make an impact and influence somebody else when you're willing to open your stance. Now, that doesn't mean you always agree with them, but you're willing to listen to them. You're willing to hear what they have to say. You're willing to accept that they they might bring something to the table that you haven't seen yet anytime you're in a discussion. You need to be ready to learn. Uh, Matt Keller has a book called Teachable. This is about being teachable, to leaving yourself in a place where you are ready to be taught and trained by anyone in the room. You're going to open your stance. Uh, I did this when I went to my little brother's black belt training. I went in, a whole bunch of black belts are helping each other through this training. They're all doing this training together. Uh, my little brother's going to get his black belt. There's all these people, but they're all part of the same martial arts organization that is a global organization, and I'm coming in from the outside. Now, I just want to let you know, for those of you who may not be in the martial arts, martial artists can be a little cocky. Okay, and we can begin to believe that what we do in our martial art is better than what other people do. And I hear it all the time. The truth is martial arts, um, when it comes down to the basics and as you begin to advance and understand martial arts, we pretty much do things the same across the board in the end. Now, sometimes we get there in different ways and we come about it with different instruction. And sometimes there are little pieces that are a little different from place to place. But here's the reality. The body only moves in so many directions. And the goal of martial arts is to move the body in a way that creates pain for the other person so that you can suggest what direction they go in. 
All right, that's a little aside about martial arts, but you're going to find out I love martial arts. I'm a six-degree black belt myself and have a school here, so you're going to hear more about that. But uh, I went to my little brother's black belt test, and I'm coming in as an outsider, and there was a defense, uh, in just a defensive feeling from the leaders of this organization as I walked in because so many guys have showed up in their presence and been nothing but arrogant. But here's what I did. I showed up and here was my plan. Learn whatever you can. Good, bad, otherwise, learn what you can on this weekend. I was not there to tell somebody else what was better or worse about their martial art. I was there to learn what I could. And you know what? I learned a lot. I got a lot out of that weekend. And there was a lot of stuff people told me that I needed to do and that I needed to know that I already knew. But I learned a lot because I was willing to be open and think about them being first, myself being second, and seeing what I might be missing and let them teach me. That I language, that willingness to learn, that teachability, that open stance. I was willing to open my position and open my mind and accept what other people could be put in it. And by the end of the weekend, I had a whole bunch of friends in the martial arts that I didn't have going in because I chose to open my stance. Finally, you want to unlock your history. You want to unlock your history together. There's a reason you have this relationship with a person. And if you're going to recreate safety when you've had struggle, one of the best ways to do that is to go back and ask yourself, why are we together? Why is this relationship here? There was a common goal that we had. And oftentimes what happens is our common goal gets lost sight of in the midst of our individual goals. And because of that, we end up losing sight of how much we need each other. This happens a lot in marriage. Listen, in marriage, I, I oftentimes in my marriage conferences, here's what I recommend. Write a letter to yourself, telling yourself everything about your spouse that they are going to enjoy that they don't even know. When you got married, there was only so many things you knew about your spouse. And now there's all these amazing, beautiful things about your spouse that you didn't know before. Write a letter to yourself and, and remind yourself of all the great things that are going to happen because of your spouse that when you got married, you didn't even know. And you'll begin to appreciate them more. And by unlocking your history, you're going to understand each other better. And you're going to come to a place where you can offer more to your spouse or to your work partner or to whoever you're dealing with because there's a reason you were brought together. Okay, there's things that you have in common even if it doesn't seem like there's much. One of my best friends uh, and I, if you look at us from the outside looking in, we don't have a lot in common. But we both love Jesus and we spent 15 years working together to grow and encourage a church of people and that 15 years is ours and no one can ever take it away and he is one of my best friends to this day because of our history is one thing that holds us together and so if there's conflicts you want to unlock your history now then we talk about honesty when i talk about honesty i want to talk about radical honesty this is the kind of honesty that tells people what they need to know even if they don't want to hear it. It's also the kind of honesty that makes sure it cares more about the other person's growth than about you being right. 
It's an honesty that cares more about the other person than about yourself. Radical honesty is honesty that corrects what is wrong, but cares for the person. Let me say that again. It's honesty that corrects what's wrong, but cares for the person. Far too often, we are too busy being nice to be kind. We're so busy trying to make sure that we don't ruffle anybody's feathers or we're not, we don't say anything mean or we don't, you know, get anybody upset that we aren't kind enough to call people out and tell them the truth when they need to hear the truth. We need radical honesty, but we think if I'm giving out radical honesty, I, I'm not going to be kind. I'm not going to be caring. How can I be safe and radically honest? If you are not radically honest, no one will ever feel completely safe with you. For us to feel safe with each other, we have to not only be known, but we have to safely know each other. And if we don't share ourselves, if we don't share what's really going on, then we're never going to be okay. Again, in, as I'm recording these, we've got the coronavirus is, is going on around and we're in the midst of crisis all over our communities where leaders are having to make decisions and they're having to get in touch with their people. And now we're becoming very virtual and we're, we're trying to communicate across uh, the internet, which praise God for technology, right? There's some things we couldn't have done in the past. But uh, I heard a leader just this week talking about the fact that when you do that, it's okay to be in your sweats, CEO. <laughs> it's okay to come to the table in your pajamas because everybody knows that even though you're wearing a suit and tie, uh, you probably got pajama pants on. Um, you're at home and you should look like you're at home. And it's okay to talk about your family and your struggles and your heartbeat. In fact, like I said in, in the podcast earlier, we can just be more human right now and we need to be more human and honest about who we are and what we're dealing with as we say we're struggling with various things we help those around us and those we lead and those we care for know they're not alone in their fears we're in it with them now we need to be calm and we need to be people with a plan and we need to be leaders who are bringing optimism and hope and life to the circumstance but at the same time we need to be honest about what's going on inside of us it's okay to be honest. In fact, without radical honesty, you cannot have a sense of complete safety because people can't trust you. They don't know you. They don't know what they're getting when they come to you. Now, this is not permission to be a jerk. This is not permission to be mean. This is not permission to say everything that comes into your mind. Honesty, in fact, isn't just sharing whatever you want. Honesty, we say, shows what's going on inside of you. Honesty shows what's going on. And here's what you need. Here's the acronym show. Number one, it shines light into the world. Radical honesty actually brings light and hope. Radical honesty, honesty actually brings people to a place of awareness and understanding that allows them to grow and become better. Number two, it hinders self-deception. The more honest I am about where I am, the less chance there is that I'm going to fool myself into believing I'm better than I thought I was. Then it opens us up to growth. When I'm honest and when other, I allow other people to be honest with me, it allows me to grow more quickly. It allows me to be the kind of person who is able to change and grow, who, as we said earlier, is teachable because I'm being honest. And finally, 
Honesty works. Always. Honesty works. Honesty is the best policy. Honesty just works. So we want to be safe and we want to be honest. Okay, those are the two things we want to do. So how do we do this? There are two words I want to give you to think about that will allow you, if you'll keep these words in your interaction, and whenever you interact with the, with other people, whether it be at home with your wife or your kids, or it be at work with your coworkers, or it be in your community, if you'll keep these two words on the forefront of what you're trying to achieve, what are the, what are the, these are the two keys you're trying to achieve in the way you live and express yourself that allow you to be safe and honest at the same time. Here they are. Generosity and gratitude. Generosity and gratitude. Gratitude is necessary for all of life. And when we are grateful to other people, honestly grateful, we're not faking it, but when we when we are grateful for other people and we're grateful for who they are and for what they bring to the table and we're grateful for what they've done for us and we're grateful with them about all the things going on, anytime there's an opportunity, we express our gratefulness to them, what's going to happen is they are going to trust us more and they're going to be grateful back. Okay, this is this is one of the quickest ways that you can begin to grow healthy relationships. You can build uh, thriving life is be grateful and have gratitude and generosity. And so, understand that with gratitude, uh, we can change other people. We can change others when when gratitude is central to who we are. We begin to change the whole culture around us. When we begin to point out what's good in others, it changes them. But let me say this about gratitude. I heard Andy Stanley say, say this, and this is worth repeating. Gratitude looks like ingratitude unless it's expressed. Gratitude looks like ingratitude unless it's expressed. You can be grateful in your heart and your mind all you want. If you don't show gratitude, then nobody knows you're really grateful. So I'm going to give you a couple of tools. This is it, one of those practical moments on this podcast that I'm going to give you. Things that you can do to show gratitude. Here's, here's two ideas. Number one, start a gratitude journal. Now, so often what happens in a gratitude journal is we write down the things we're thankful for. But here's what I want you to do differently if you are leading people. I want you to begin to journal who in your world do you need to find something to be grateful for. Now, if you are a business owner or you are a CEO or president, that is everyone you lead. Everyone you lead needs to experience your gratitude. Now, that may be difficult to do across the board, across an entire organization if it's a very large organization, but small business owners, you can do this for every one of your employees. Mid-sized business owners, you can do this for every one of your employees. But at least your direct reports and probably one line below them, you need to consistently give gratitude. So how can you be consistent about this? Have a gratitude journal in which you record the name of the person you're being grateful for, the day you expressed your gratitude, and how you expressed your gratitude. And make sure that your expression of gratitude is something that shows you know them and you care about them. Now, on top of that, what I suggest is look for daily opportunities. So we want to make sure we 
tell everyone we're grateful for them that we can, and we want to look for the daily opportunities. Just when you're in the office, when you're on the ground floor, when you see somebody on the front lines, do something great, tell them. Do something to express your gratitude to them. I remember one time I was uh, selling furniture and a couple came in and uh, it was my turn to sell to them. And so uh, I went up and I I offered and they said, listen, we're just here as part of a group with Larry, who is the owner and president of our company. And we're just looking at what you guys are doing. You don't need to give up your spot for for us. And I said, no, it's my turn. And I walked around with those folks and um, I spent an hour helping those folks know how we did things and uh, ideas that I thought were great, things that were working well in our organization, why I thought it was so good and things that I thought was were amazing. And when I got done, they were so grateful, they tipped me. And, and I really wasn't supposed to accept a tip. And I'm like, you guys don't need to give me anything. This is just part of my job. But they did anyways. And, and that was good and it was nice. But they were so grateful that I took the time. And that expression was great. But more than that <laughs> was when my boss came back to me Larry Claben, the president of the company I was working for, came to me and said, Dow, thank you so much for taking care of my friends. Knowing you're out there taking care of people, no matter what, is what makes me able to do my job. Well, I tell you, that was worth it for me. That was one of the best moments in my time selling furniture, was when I was able to do something that that Larry Claben came back and said thank you to me and made a point of doing that, even though there are over 350 employees across the company. So that's something you can do for other people. That's something you can do if you're a leader. You want to keep a gratitude journal and track who have you done it for? Who have you not done it for? Are you doing it for your direct reports at least once a week? Are you doing it for those below them at least once a month? Are you doing it throughout the organization on a daily basis? You want to keep track of that. Keep track of your gratitude until it's such a habit and so much a part of what you do that it's natural. Now, number two, <laughs> write a note. Uh, no, Listen to me. Don't text a note. Don't email a note. Write, hand write a note to somebody saying thank you every day, at least once a day. Hand write a note saying thank you to somebody. When we hand write notes, people know we took the time to think about them. There's nothing you can do better for somebody than to take the time to think about them. And when you take the time to think about them, they feel that gratitude. So keep gratitude on the forefront by writing notes and tracking your gratitude. Keep a gratitude journal until it is just such a habit that you don't feel like you need to track it anymore until it becomes so natural. And then two, generosity. Anytime we give of ourselves in a way that we don't have to, we just choose to, other people feel safer. Let me say that again. Anytime we give ourselves in a way we don't have to, we just choose to, other people feel safer. Generosity, being generous with our time, generous with our money, generous with our compliments. Anytime we are generous with people, they feel safer with us. And here's the thing. If you are marked by generosity, if people say of you that your nature is generous, you are the kind of person who takes care of those around you, guess what? You can also be honest. When you are generous with people to a fault, they will listen to you when you need to call them out. 
you need to make sure that you are so generous with your employees, so generous in your love for your wife and in your love for your husband and in your love for your children. When you are so generous that people define you that way, then you have the ability to be honest. If you want to create a culture and an environment in which people can share with each other and they can get everything out on the table, an environment where you can come up with the best ideas because you're willing to talk through the hardest struggles because you're honest, you're radically honest with each other about what you think and what you feel and what you're dealing with and what you're going through, all the differences around the table, all the differences involved in the conversation are brought to bear and all the strengths are brought to bear on on difficult situations. And that happens when we choose to create environments that are safe, then all that honesty can come to bear and businesses grow and people grow and the world gets set on fire by that kind of involvement in each other's lives. And the only way that happens is when we create safe environments, then we can have honesty that transforms lives. And the more honest we're able to be with each other and the more honest we choose to be with each other, then the more safe we feel. And that just grows and magnifies itself so that we can become great organizations. We can become great families. We can do great things and change the world because of safety and honesty. And we want those two to grow to their highest amount so that we can build thriving life with others. So take the time this week and ask yourself, who can I be grateful for and how can I be generous? And then what do I need to say that is honest and true and real? And no matter how difficult it is to say, take the time and say it anyways. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, if you like what's going on here, could you share this with someone else so that they get involved and we can get this message of of thriving relationships out to other people, of optimizing leadership so that we can ignite our world together, so that we can work together to set this world on fire with greatness and life for all of us. And uh, be sure to subscribe and give us a review so that this gets out to more people as well. Thank you again for listening. And remember, life is a gift. Living is a choice. And living is measured in relationships. So choose relationship today.